Welcome to the latest instalment of The Curious Capitalist. The Curious Capitalist is a series of podcasts where we take the opportunity to not only speak to board members from the Conscious Capitalism Connecticut chapter, but also local business owners, startups and entrepreneurs from across the state of Connecticut. Welcome to the latest edition of The Curious Capitalist. On this edition, I have the great pleasure of speaking with Alessandra Simpkin. Alessandra is the Director of Public Relations at Anthem and excitingly is the newest board member at Conscious Capitalism, the Connecticut chapter. Wow. Alessandra, welcome to The Curious Capitalist. Thank you, Claire. Thank you for having me. Well, welcome to the board of Conscious Capitalism here in Connecticut. Tell me a little bit about yourself then. Tell me about your current role and tell me about how you've ended up on the board. Sure. Thank you so much again for having me, Claire. So currently I am the director of public relations at Anthem in Connecticut. I ended up in this role because I'm really passionate about healthcare. And during the pandemic, I realized that I wanted to get closer to making a difference in people's lives when it comes to their healthcare. And so this opportunity came about and that's how I ended up in this role. And what I do on a day-to-day basis, I help communicate all the different benefits and information that people might need to know about their coverage with Anthem. I help people navigate through questions that they might have. And mostly I work really closely with reporters and their questions. So that way information is flowing freely and accurately. And I do a lot of employee communication. So keeping our employee base up to date on what's going on. How I got here, I started out in public relations. I worked in the pharmaceutical industry for about eight years. And I ended up there because during an internship in grad school, I started to learn about the health space and realized that health impacts everyone. And public relations is an amazing tool to communicate with people about their health and raise awareness to help people improve their health. And so that kind of became a personal mission and a guiding force that helped me to build my career. So everything that I've done since I started has been focused on helping people to improve their health. So after about eight years working with pharmaceutical companies in the PR agency world, I shifted and I started working at Danone North America, which is a company that you probably know for their yogurt products. Like I was going to say that. I was going to say that in Europe, we call it Danone, which I'm sure is incorrect, but yeah, very. uh, No, that is the more correct way to say it. It is a uh, French company. So that is correct. (laughs) Um, And we also imported Evian. So I had the opportunity to work on all those brands, but what was exciting about it from my perspective is that I was able to try out a new industry. So food and beverage and consumer packaged goods, but it still had that thread of health pulled through because these were all foods that were focused around um, bringing health through food to as many people as possible. And then, like I said, um, during the pandemic, I got an itch to go back into the more traditional healthcare space, I would say. And that's how I ended up at Anthem. But even in this role, what I like is that, again, I'm trying a new industry. So for me, 
It's been about trying new things, so shifting industries, but keeping one thing consistent. And for me, that's been a focus on health. Very much so. It's a clear sort of vein throughout all of your work. So tell me then, Conscious Capitalism here in Connecticut, the Connecticut chapter, how did you first hear about the guys and how did you end up on the board? Glenn reached out to me because we had some people in common who were involved with the board. And actually, one of Anthem's former past presidents spoke on at one of the events. And so Glenn was reaching out to me to see if he could get introduced to our new plan president. And of course, I would be the person for that. But when we started talking, I started sharing some of my personal interest and passion around social governance and the fact that while I was at Deno North America, I helped the company when they announced that they had become the world's largest certified B corporation. And I expressed my interest in that line of work and what I was doing with Danone. And so as we started talking, one thing led to another. And he said, you know, I know we were talking to kind of create a new introduction, but actually, you know, I think that there could be more of an opportunity to partner and work together. And I said, absolutely, because, you know, I want to make sure that the sustainability topics that I was working on at Danone, where it was very clear, because at Danone, you have products that are in people's hands. And so it's very direct and easy to think about the impact of those products and how to make a change. Whereas in my new role, it's a little different. The product is not necessarily always something you can see. And in many cases, it's a service, but in all cases, you're dealing with people. And so I wanted to make sure that I kind of found a way to keep this sort of idea of sustainability and conscious capitalism embedded into my work. And so that's sort of where our conversation went and push came to shove. And here I am really excited to join the board. And how lucky we are to have you as well. So what do you wish that you had known before you started out on your career path? There's always been a health kind of theme, I guess, running through. But what do you wish you had known before you started out on your career path? What I wanted to do was simply make the world better. I actually had a bracelet that my brother bought for me that said those words on it. I studied international relations and journalism, and I knew that whatever I would end up doing would be something that would give me a platform to help people. And that's really so simple, but when you're applying for jobs, that's a very broad overarching statement that I think a lot of potential employers might not be able to take it so seriously because it is such a big mission. I mean, even me today, I was like, okay, I need to focus in and think about how to make real impact. And so I landed in the health world because that felt like a place where I could chip away at sort of that bigger dream. And what I tell people now, I do a lot of mentoring through my university and also generally people who message me on LinkedIn and you know explain why they wanna to talk to me, I'll generally take the call. And what I say to people, especially people that want to go into PR is just look for opportunities that allow you to engage in an area that you're interested in. So when it comes to PR, we can promote anything. So if you like film, go and be a PR person for, you know, a movie studio. If you like food, go and be a PR person for a restaurant or a food company. I didn't know that myself when I was 
looking for a job. And, you know, I think I kind of lucked into this opportunity where I was introduced to the health space and I had the opportunity to work in the health space. It wasn't something that I necessarily would have pursued had I not gotten exposed to it. So I always tell people to find something that you like, try new things, and then focus on that area. Absolutely. I remember my mum used to say, if you uh, find a job that you really enjoy, you'll never do a day's work in your life. And uh, it kind of rings true. So one of the big things with conscious capitalism is, you know, it's talking about that higher purpose that companies may have. So you've had experience with Danon and also, of course, with Anthem. Tell me a little bit about those companies' higher purpose. Sure. So what I will say is that I really need to work at a company that has a higher purpose. And I think a lot of my peer set, I am a millennial, will say the same. You know, we want to work in a place where we feel like the company is doing more for the world than solely, you know, what it's selling. And so that's always been really important to me. You know, at Danone, our mission was to bring health through food to as many people as possible. On a day-to-day basis, I was in so many conversations about how we could not only bring these products to people, but make the world better at the same time while we were doing it. You know, for example, I worked on a program where with one of our brands, Too Good, we actually helped with food rescue efforts by giving back to organizations like City Harvest. Being able to work on the launch of a product, which actually what's compelling about this particular product was that it has a very low sugar content. And when it launched, it was very unique for the market. So, you know, being able to bring a product like that, that gives people a new option, but then at the same time, adding that layer of a give back component, that was something that, you know, it's a story. And as a PR person, we're always looking for the stories that we can tell and sort of the bigger, deeper meaning. Um, Another thing that I worked on at Danone was Evian's circularity mission. So this goal to use more recycled plastic in our bottles, such that we at one point won't need to use virgin plastic anymore and working towards that goal. And you know, when we started this a couple of years ago, the concept was kind of new, but actually the other day I was just in the Nike store in Manhattan and there was a whole setup about circularity. So all of a sudden this concept is becoming more known to consumers and it was awesome to be a part of that and to be in conversations asking ourselves, how can we make this more known and more accessible to people? So, you know, that was my experience at Danone. At Anthem, it's different because like I said, the the products aren't as sort of tangible in your hand, but for me, it's about that experience that people have. So we have a mission to improve lives and communities, to simplify healthcare and to expect more. For me, what that means is how do we kind of get out there and use our platform to help people improve their health? And it goes beyond the members that we serve. It also extends to our very own employees and then to the communities too. One of the things that I've loved about working at Anthem so far is that we are working with so many different organizations. It's so easy for associates to get involved in the community We've been creative about making sure those opportunities continue even as COVID changed how they look. 
And that's been really incredible. And for me, even getting involved in an organization like this is a good example of how Anthem inspires its employees to get involved in our communities and, and do things that enable us to give back and have a more meaningful presence and impact. Very much so. Thinking about the culture and leadership at Anthem in particular, I mean, what language would you use to describe the organization's culture? And does it have like a definable character at all? Absolutely. If you ask Anthem Associates about our culture, a lot of people, myself included, will respond by saying it's about our people. Our people care about each other and they care about the people that we serve. And you really feel that in the work that we do every day to deliver on our mission. There are a lot of Anthem Associates whose tenure is incredible. I put together the newsletter in Connecticut and we celebrate anniversaries every month. And you'll have people who've worked at Anthem for 30, 40 years. And it's not just like one off, you know, one month, there's somebody who's like that. Every month you see people with that sort of tenure and you have to ask yourself, you know, especially now with the jobs, you know, job switching is definitely more common, but you know, you, you see people who have been with the company for a really long time and you have to ask yourself, why is that? And, uh, you know, a big reason is the connection that people have to their colleagues and the work that they're doing with their colleagues. And that culture that you talk about, I mean, how is that measured at Anthem? How can you measure that, that accurate picture of the culture that is being created through that leadership and that language? We measure our culture in a lot of ways. We have formal surveys. We actually just completed one, but we also have ongoing conversation and ways to informally check in. Like we have this online tool called Vital Signs where it has different smiling and sad faces and you can sort of log how you're feeling on it on one day versus another and so that kind of gives our leadership a chance to say oh you know we're seeing a lot of sad faces in this area or this area has a lot of happy faces let's see what's going on there so there are a lot of different ways that we measure but you know our formal surveys do the deepest dive if you could snap your fingers then and make one cultural change happen within the company what would it be and why it's so hard to say at this point because of the way things have changed over the last year and a half. For example, we spent a lot of time focusing on how we could make our virtual culture best in class. You know, we are going to be moving into a hybrid environment at some point. And so I think once that starts to happen, we'll have to think about working on that. And for any type of working style or environment, there are ways that you can improve the culture and make an impact, but you sort of need to know, I would say, you need to know what you're working with. So I think right now I'm focused on continuing our best in class virtual culture, and then starting to think about, you know, what does the future look like and getting prepared for that. So as much as I'd love to snap my fingers, Culture is so much more complicated than that. And I think, you know, it's about being open and flexible and evolving as the environment changes. You know, thinking about COVID, I was just thinking, you know, how, how did it affect your working environment and the work that you've been doing at Anthem? You know, it's been a crazy year, year and a half nearly. How did it affect your work in life? I joined Anthem in July, July of 2020. And so I would say that I missed what was the 
really crazy part. And that part for me was very intense because we were home. We didn't have childcare. I was working still at Danone. It was just really hard to manage. I'm a very social person. Normally on a on any given day, I was meeting with reporters, prepping spokespeople. You know, at Danone, we would go to different media houses and do a yogurt bar in the morning for editors. These things were part of my life and I was really missing them. And also at the same time, finding it hard to balance being a full-time parent and working full-time. By the time I started at Anthem, I had had the opportunity to take a week vacation. I had my desk set up. I put a monitor up. So I sort of set myself up better for working at home. We had childcare set up, so that obviously helped. And I felt very lucky to work that out. So by the time I was at Anthem, it felt a little bit more regular to me and I was more used to it. But still, when you're nature, if you're like me and you like working with people, it's still hard because you want to have that interaction. And so for me, I've actually um, not met most of my colleagues. I just met someone for the first time on Friday. It's been interesting because I, like I said at the beginning, the people really make the place. And I have these amazing relationships, friendships, almost like family with some people. And I haven't met them in person. It's very bizarre. It is, isn't it? It's quite incredible, the uh, the difference a year has made. You know, thinking about the, the culture that we talk about within your business, do you think your customers are aware of that culture, that it even exists within your business? And if so, how? How do they know? I definitely believe our customers are aware of our culture. And that's one of the reasons why we prioritize our culture. When you have people who are happy to be at work, who look forward to going to work, they can better serve our customers. And so culture is a really important part of our business. And it's something that I'm really excited to dig into on the board of conscious capitalism. I'm really excited to learn from the others on the board and also from the amazing speakers and people that you know we engaged with through this organization. So in Connecticut, we had a new plan president start late in 2020. And for the reasons that I'm discussing, he's very focused on the culture. You know, he believes that having a great culture will help us both internally and externally. And the better that we work together as a team, the, the chemistry that we have can help us to support our members and our stakeholders. So actually I worked with him on several initiatives. This is the work that when people say to me, what do you like about your job? This is the work that I'll tell them about. So a lot of times it doesn't necessarily feel like the most urgent work, but actually it's often the most rewarding and fulfilling work. And when you take the moment to reflect on that, that shines through. So for example, we launched a new lunch and learn program. We realized that people were feeling a little bit siloed because we're virtual. Someone like me, for example, I just started in July. There's no possible way that I would have any idea the full scale of the resources that are available at Anthem. And that goes for a lot of people. So, you know, in, in the course of a year, a lot can change. 
These lunch and learns are designed to give our associates in Connecticut an opportunity to hear from experts across Anthem. And it's been really fun for me because I, in partnership with my colleague in marketing, we get to look for the guests. So this gives us a learning opportunity. And then we get to promote it with the associates in Connecticut. And we've seen between 100, 150 people show up for these lunch and learns on, we do them on Monday afternoons. That's really incredible that 100 to 150 people are taking time out of their day because they want to learn more about their organization. And it shows that there definitely was a need there. We also launched a program called Coffees with Lou. Lou was new and, you know, when you can't walk by someone's desk and say hi to them, you have to find a way to meet people across all levels of the organization. And so this was something that Lou set up and it gave him the opportunity to really learn about what was making our culture great. And if there were any places that we had opportunity to improve our culture. And then the last thing, this is the one that I'm probably most excited about was that we revamped our town hall and that's the moment in time when we bring all of our associates in Connecticut together to meet. And we put three new segments in our town hall. So, and they're, they're really focused on fun and on culture. So at the top of the town hall, we brought in a guest speaker. We actually had two guest speakers for our first version of this. Then in the middle of the town hall, we did a news report that I led. So I send out the news every morning, but it's healthcare news. For this, we did pop culture news, which was really fun. And you could see people kind of chiming in on the chat and getting engaged. And then at the end of the town hall, we did what we call a binge report, which was an opportunity for an associate to talk about something that they're watching on TV because we realized when you don't have the quote unquote water cooler, you lose that opportunity to talk to a colleague about, you know, what the latest and greatest show is on TV. And so we wanted to kind of replicate that. Yeah, that's a great idea. And it was awesome because you could see people during those segments chiming in on the chat. And because we set them up sort of dispersed throughout the town hall, it helped keep energy levels up and keep that engagement going throughout the whole town hall, which was awesome. That does sound really cool, actually. So now you're on the board. If a company wanted to make a shift, if you like, towards more consciousness, what would your advice be to that company or that individual? I would recommend that it's important to start with your people. Think about what benefits you give to your people, what your people feel about your company. I think information is always a good place to start. So survey your people, see what they say. And a lot of times in these surveys, this is the moment where people feel like they can get honest. And so you might uncover things about your organization and there might be some, you know, quick fixes that you can start with. Also, I think, you know, just getting out there, like I said, the coffees with Lou that we do start talking with the people that work for you you and understand what makes them happy, what is frustrating to them and look at those things. That's for me, that's sort of the obvious place to start because I think a lot of people who are at work, they are seeking that higher purpose in their work. And if you start to talk to them, 
the things that are important to them will come out. And those for me feel like obvious places to start. You know, I think for companies that are further along in the journey, the B Corp movement is an excellent place to look. Um, just looking at the companies that are certified B Corps, because that is a rigorous process that these companies go through, you know, they have changed their ways of working or adapted their ways of working to earn that certification. And so what are some of those things? You can actually go on the B Corp website and download the profiles to understand the, the ways that these companies are working. And so you can definitely get some ideas there. And then I actually have the Conscious Capitalism Field Guide on my desk, which Glenn just sent me and I need to um, dig into. But I think the point is there's so many great examples out there. So look to those but you definitely want to make changes that are true to the culture and the people that you already have within your company. So when you're not working, when you get some downtime with your two-year-old, what do you like to do to relax and unwind? The first thing that comes to mind for me is travel. I took my daughter to Italy to see family when she was five months old, which was a really amazing trip. And I was so grateful to take her to go back to her roots. So that brings me to the second piece, which is I love studying Italian. It's something that I started doing in middle school and I kept doing through today. And I actually just bought my daughter a whole bunch of Italian books so that way I can start passing that along to her. And then finally, food. I love exploring different foods, going to restaurants. So needless to say, the last year, I have had to explore the things that I love from different vantage points. But what I can recommend, for example, in the last year, I really loved watching Stanley Tucci searching for Italy that brought together two or three of my passions, travel, Italian and food, and I was able to do it from home. So I felt very grateful for that show, for example. That being said, I am very much looking forward to getting back to traveling when we're ready to do it. We're starting to venture out to restaurants again, and that's really felt like such a treat. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next for the world around us and hoping that at the same time, I can continue to work on doing good and using business to do good and help our communities. Sounds like a plan to me. What would you say has been your greatest success both professionally and personally? My greatest success has been my ability to meet people and build a network. I didn't necessarily grow up with a built-in network. My dad immigrated here from Italy and he built his own network here. And my mom, she her, her dad immigrated here from Italy and you know, she went to college and became an Italian teacher and was very successful at that. But to do what I wanted to do to sort of make it in the big city, I had to build that network myself. And while I had, you know, my parents supporting me and, you know, pushing me to go to college and, and all of that, I certainly had to do a lot of the networking to make some magic happen. Networking and meeting people 
it can be intimidating at first, but once you start doing it, you realize that actually it can be very rewarding. The way that I've been able to network has positioned me to jump from industry to industry and to try new things and to identify opportunities where I have a platform to use communications to help people improve their health. And I realized that, you know, where I've ended up has been really amazing and it's exceeded my expectations. When I graduated, I, I wanted to get a job so that way I'd be able to pay off my student loans. And I knew that it would become more meaningful than that. But the way that I've been able to really dig into the area of health, meet amazing people along the way, and it's all been possible through networking. I've actually gotten a lot of my jobs through reaching out to people on LinkedIn. And that piece of it has always been surprising to me, but it has been a big success and something that I'm really proud of. I also would be remiss if I didn't say that I'm super proud of how my husband and I have quickly become working parents in a world that is so different from what we've ever expected. So, you know, to all the parents who are out there and, you know, making it work during this very extraordinary time, it, it's just very humbling and impressive. And I'm very proud of of that particular achievement. I bet you are, I bet you are. That's definitely a big personal achievement. So to wrap up then, tell me a little bit about your plans. What are your plans personally and professionally in the coming few years? Obviously travel is gonna be a big one, I assume. Yes, I certainly hope that will be the case. You know, we're doing some travel where we're going to explore places that we can visit by car, which typically wasn't the type of travel that we did before. We were often jet setting off to, you know, I was I was in Italy and different places. So, you know, we, we had the, the privilege to be able to do that. We're going to do some local travel while we get more comfortable with the idea of flying. You know, in terms of the professional side, I'm just really excited about kind of digging into my role a little bit more, looking for opportunities where I can make an impact. At the start of COVID and, and lockdowns and, and all of that, I was really looking for ways that I could do something to support the community. And I have actually been a longtime volunteer with the Food Bank for New York City. I also support the Empire Plan in New York. I raised my hand and asked to join the junior board. And I am really excited about that particular opportunity because I think, you know, helping to tackle hunger in our communities is really important right now. And so that's something that I'm excited about doing. And then obviously joining the board of conscious capitalism in Connecticut, I'm really excited about because I'm sure you, what you can tell from this interview is that I love people. I love meeting new people. Before um, we were at home, I was spending a lot of time out and meeting new people. So I needed to find ways to do that. And so, you know, getting involved in the community through board service has been one of the ways that I look, that I found to be able to do that. But now it's like, okay, as we look ahead, what does that look like and how can I thrive in these new roles? That's really what I'm thinking about. It sounds like it's going to be a very busy and fulfilling 
next couple of years for you. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today and thank you so much for your time. Uh, also, congratulations on joining the board of Conscious Capitalism, the Connecticut chapter. I very much look forward to seeing what you guys manage to achieve in the next year or so and uh, maybe we can revisit with a, an updated podcast in, in 12 months time. Thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful chatting with you today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Alessandra. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the latest installment of The Curious Capitalist. For more information, you can visit the website, connecticut.consciouscapitalism.org.